Hello, Hosebo. Bonjour, and welcome to Planet of the Climates. POTK is a Climadao podcast bringing you the latest information and insight into the world of climate action. Klima is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective and get rewarded for doing so. Klima sits at the intersection of blockchain, climate science, and finance, so there's no shortage of great topics for us to explore. My name's Phaedrus, and I'll be your host on this adventure, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Diamond Hands as we discuss the latest news on Klima and our partners and connect you with the biggest and brightest names currently exploring this space. That's right. And today we're really excited to bring you this conversation with Marco from Merit Circle DAO. Let's jump right into it. All right, so today we're joined by Marco from Merit Circle DAO. Merit Circle has created this decentralized autonomous organization that develops opportunities for people who want to help build the metaverse to earn through play. They do this by hosting scholarship and educational opportunities and providing everything you could need on your journey towards being an earning gamer in the metaverse. They're also one of our latest Klima Infinity partners. We're thrilled to have them join us. So to get started, Marco, maybe just on a personal level, what would you like to share about yourself, your background, some of your history and your journey so far? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So hi, everyone. My name is uh, Marco van Heuvel. I'm one of the co-founders of Merit Circle and the CEO there. A little bit about myself. I studied international business and languages and basically have been traveling and doing work remotely for the past couple of years, mainly in Web3. I've always been a digital community builder. I love just interacting with people online. Well, in crypto, that just came very naturally, I would say. So yeah, I discovered Bitcoin in 2017 and immediately went down the rabbit hole of educating myself and others. And throughout the years, I've basically ran a consultancy business on growing digital communities for mainly blockchain startups. Matt Circle is obviously a gaming DAO. We're very big on gaming. And besides growing digital communities, I've always been a diehard gamer. And so last year, after X Infinity blew up, I was already breeding those digital characters. I was selling them for a profit. I didn't necessarily love the game itself, but I just was fascinated by this Web3 economy in gaming. And so that's very fast, I would say, translated into a scholarship guild, which is about renting out digital assets and characters to other gamers worldwide. And that, w- that was through Axie, is that right? Or is this... That was through Axie Infinity, yes. That's how it started. And that's how I would say most scholarship guilds started as well. And to me, it was just this fascinating model that I would say and already saw going bigger than just Axie Infinity. Um, very naturally, that transformed into Merit Circle from a scholarship guild. And so, yeah, it's been a really exciting journey in Web3, I would say. Wow, sounds really cool. So I just wanted to really dive a little bit deeper on scholarship DAOs. I think for listeners here who are not very sure what is a scholarship DAO, maybe you can care to elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, so I would say if I explain Merit Circle, we basically started as a scholarship guild. And if you think about a scholarship guild, it's about being in the forefront of Web3 gaming and then mainly play to earn games. So these are games where you basically play the game, you earn rewards, and in the case of a scholarship guild, they would have facilitated the characters, basically, that you need to play the game. 
gamers would be playing those games with your characters basically and then get a piece of the pie whereas the scholarship guild would get a piece of the pie as well so that's that's how we started indeed uh, but if i explain us today i would say it's much more than that and we actually after raising a bunch of money immediately pivoted away from that whole model so if we look at merit circle today it's it goes much beyond just the scholarship the guild i would say we basically work around four pillars we have an investment arm, which basically invests in both infrastructure and in gaming. Uh, we have a treasury with the DAO that counts uh, around 105 million US. So yeah, we raised just much more than we initially anticipated, which allowed us to basically pivot away from that scholarship model, right? We have a studio arm, which basically we're looking to incubate games and maybe even ship our own games. We have our NFT marketplace called Sphere, which is going to be an NFT marketplace for gaming assets. And then on the fourth pillar, we have gaming, which basically translates to not just scholarships, which is something we still do, by the way, but also to hosting tournaments, hosting all sorts of play sessions, both Web 2 and Web 3 gaming. And I would say just as the gaming dial, we're really just looking to be on the forefront of gaming and not just play to earn games, but anything that you can think of when you think about Web 3 gaming uh, through investments, building products and growing a community. That's excellent. So thank you for that explanation and that walkthrough of your pillars there. And I'm curious as well, in the P2E or play-to-earn space, what sets Merit Circle apart? Is it unique that you've got these four pillars under one umbrella? Or Yeah, I would say so. I think if you look at Web3 Gaming right now, the players that are there are, you have infrastructure, uh, you have game developers building games, shipping them, and you have basically scholarship guilds. I think if you talk now about a gaming DAO, it's say, yeah, it is unique. Uh, it's something that we don't really see often because especially, A, we have, a, I would say, an actual DAO with frameworks that have been voted in and created by the community. And so when we started Merit, it was completely different from how it is today, thanks to the input that the community has given. And uh, just to give a really precise example of that is we have a proposal that was voted through called MIP7, MIP, uh, Merit Improvement Proposal. And that basically fully describes how can we build a more sustainable treasury and how can we you know, survive the bear market, if you will. And so that proposal was created by one of our community members and talks about uh, how do you take profit? When should you take profit? Up to, until what amounts can you invest without having to create new proposals? All sorts of things like that, that I would say make Merit Circle a pretty unique DAO uh, simply because of how that framework works because of those four pillars that I just described. It's much broader. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yes, yeah, so you talked about those MIPS. Can you you know, dive a little bit more into that governance aspect? Because obviously that's quite unique as well too, in that you know, your, your members or people who are part of the DAO get, get to vote and get to make decisions and steer where the organization goes in the long term. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at DAOs, there is no single definition of what it should look like what how it should be you know there there's all sorts of communities doing it uh, calling themselves DAOs. there is different projects calling themselves DAOs. and for us it's really just started i would say with with two main things in mind i think the first one is transparency since the beginning we've done like i said everything through either proposals or through reporting and so right now we have a whole framework in place that was designed by the community that talks about 
you know, how much can you invest without creating new proposals? Uh, when you take profit, the things that I just described, right? But also, if we want to build our own products like the NFT marketplace I talk about, we created proposals for those. And basically, the MC token holders get to vote on that. Another example, we have Xeric, which is in the make, which is going to be an NFT aggregator, if you will, that has been proposed by a community member and is currently being developed. So there's those opportunities too. If you're as an outsider or as a community member wants to help build the infrastructure that we're working on, you can totally just create a proposal and do that. And the community, if they love it, they, they vote it through. This is the perfect example for that. But also, if you look at the reporting section, like I said, transparency is key. And I think that that's something that, unfortunately, we're still missing at a lot of DAOs. It's, it, they don't have, for example, monthly treasury reports where you can really see how is the money that we have being used? Where is it actually located? Things like that, to me, are just very key when you talk about being a DAO and operating as one, especially compared to a lot of traditional businesses. It's just much more transparent and involving. So I used to be a gamer and I was much younger <laughs> and, you know, seeing the rise of play to earn uh, over the last year and a half due to COVID, how transformative is P2E in general? Yeah, I think if you look at play to earn, uh, initially, uh, it's, it's the whole concept. It's, it's not new, right? Um, I too have been a gamer since I was very young and I started playing this game called RuneScape when I was a year five. And around the age of 15, 16, I would find myself literally just selling in-game gold as my side job. <laughs> That's how I made money. And that was before blockchain technology came into place. And so what was really fascinating to me about Web3 gaming or play to earn, if you will, is that now those marketplaces, they're on chain, right? You can finally transfer, sell, buy digital assets in a way that is not hurting the developer and actually benefiting the player in different ways. I definitely believe in ownership of digital goods. And I think as we spend more and more time digitally, people are also going to value it much more. Similar to how you value designer clothes, for example, in real life, right? That might be very important for someone, whereas for me, it might be a digital sword in a game that I love to play. So I would say that play to earn um, in that matter, it's, it's not necessarily new, but it definitely brought a lot of advantages with it. Then if you look at play to earn gaming in terms of earning and enabling people to earn rewards, basically, that whole model, personally, I'm, I'm a little bit more skeptical on. And uh, that's something we've, we've put out there, which is a blunt statement, I would say. But the reason why we are is because you're often dealing with net extracting communities, people that are looking to not necessarily play the game for fun, but rather to earn a quick buck. And they would always be selling their rewards, which puts pressure and challenges onto the game developer besides just building a game. And so what that model should look like in the future to me is, is a bit different from how we've seen it so far. I think that, you know, A, we definitely need much higher quality games. And that's nothing, you know, bad to say about the current ones because they're fun in their own way. But we need that, I would say, Web2 gaming industry experience, like the AAA games that we know from there. I would love to see that in Web3 with the benefits that, you know, digital ownership has to offer. Yeah, I 
found a Twitter thread of yours from a little while back there, just maybe a week or so ago. And yeah, you're talking about, you know, that AAA is not quite ready yet, or they're not, they haven't quite tested the waters yet. What do you think it will take? Yeah, it's almost like this chicken and egg situation to me. That's how I like to explain it. So I went to Gamescom, which is the largest European uh, blockchain conference. And there I just got the opportunity to meet with a lot of Web2 gaming founders. And while talking to those people, hey, you know, it became clear to me that we shouldn't wait for those big studios to come into Web3 to be among, you know, the forefront of revolutionizing that industry, if you will, because they have, you know, more conservative strategies and conservative stakeholders. So they're very, I would say, almost comfortable with where they are because they are building more long-term games with sustainable economies versus experimenting. So then what is needed to bring those people to Web3? The simple answer is you need one successful game that has what it takes to ship to the masses and attracts, you know, a really large user base, much more than the two, three million monthly active users we see now across whole Web3 gaming. Just to give an example, some of the people I spoke with have shipped games that had like four, 500 million total registered users. I would love to see that in, in Web3 gaming, but I think that will just still take a few years because yeah, building a proper game takes years and activating that experience to join us also takes time. So the PD component isn't exactly something they can just copy paste onto an existing you know, blockbuster game, right? If you look at the games that you would do that with, typically you see all the games being put into a new Web3 jacket, right? But these games were often not successful. And so if you're putting a unsuccessful game into that new jacket, it, it doesn't suddenly become, you know, a successful game. Whereas if you have a really successful game that is generating significant revenue, then you get back to the point of, yeah, we're, we're a bit more conservative because this works. So why would we put that user base and that success at risk? So that's why I said it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. I do think that they will need to be new games. But at the same time, this whole week at Gamescom 2 did also point out to me that there's also massive opportunity of uh, innovation, which is similar to what you saw in the gaming industry when you moved to uh, from paid games to free-to-play. You know, everyone, all the game developers would find themselves in a position of being skeptical towards that, right? How can you ship a free game and generate enough revenue to not be killed out of business? But you look at gaming today, the majority of games are free to play and are very successful. So yeah, I feel like Web3 is just this new challenge. And I think if you look at a lot of the bigger studios right now in Web2, they, they were saying Web3 is also a little bit like affecting our business because Web3 simply versus traditional gaming has a lot of money uh, involved, right? So rather than having a lot of users and generating revenue, here, you're going to have the situation where you're sitting on a lot of money and you're looking to get users. So for those businesses, they are seeing increased uh, user acquisition costs because Web3 companies simply throw much more money at user acquisition for their games, which are shorter lasting games versus the long-term sustainable games. And because of that, you simply you know ship the next game where you again go for higher user acquisition costs. That is affecting uh, businesses, mainly smaller and newer games, right? Uh, that might not be in Web3. But for a party like uh, Microsoft, yeah, it, it might hurt them a little bit, but still they're big. So ultimately they do reap re rewards from probably playing that game with us 
and just you know increasing the, their budgets to fight over the same users. It's a challenging situation again there too, but I don't think that we will see a a monopoly there. Happy to hear that. <laughs> that would suck as a gamer, right? Yeah. Just being able to play a whole small bunch of titles. Totally interesting. Maybe just uh, to shift gears here, you're now a Klima Infinity partner. When did you first uh, meet Klima and how did this develop? Yeah, good question. I think as, as soon as we started Merit Circle, we were already having some conversations about you know sustainability. It's, it's obviously a massive topic, climate change. There are massive topics that you just hear so often. And especially if you look at NFTs, blockchain, it's been put into largely a bad daylight, I would say throughout these past few years because of its impact on the environment. So yeah, one of my uh, colleagues, Fake, he reached out to Offsetra, uh, which are the, the, the creators of uh, Carbon.fyi. Uh, While talking to them, we, we discovered Klima. Uh, and I think, you know, as we were having those discussions with them and talked about what could we do as a DAO to basically do good, that's when to us it was pretty clear that yeah we would love to work together with you guys on actually doing that so yeah, that's how we got involved and very glad we did uh, and how we got where we are now excellent yeah so you you talked about the climate change off the top there how important is that to you for merit circle to be doing something actively or proactively in that regard well i think as, as cheesy as it might sound we only have one planet right and i think these conversations around pollution and climate change, like I said, they happen on a daily basis. And I think everyone has an opinion about it. Everyone wants to help in their own way, some more than others. And I think for us, it just immediately became clear that, sure, we don't have an office and we don't, you know, uh, go to our offices on a daily basis. So we might save a little bit on that side. But still, we do visit conferences. We, we might have to take a flight or a train. So still, you have some kind of impact. And I think for us, it's easy to say and, and to point at large companies and say, you are at fault. You have to be the solution and not do something ourselves. Uh, to me, that would be a bit, yeah, I don't know, just not right. So for us, it was just clear that we are now in a position where we could measure our carbon footprint. Uh, we could see, okay, you know, how can we offset that in the best possible way? And to us, which is really important to not just talk about it, but actually do something about it. And I think for me, you know, like I said, I don't have to go to an office on a daily basis, which I'm already very happy about from both a, a time perspective and obviously a client perspective. We operate fully remotely and we have people across the globe and everyone uses, you know, technology, things like that. So we do have somewhat of an impact. But then even when we do, for example, a trip to a conference or something like that we're always very picky on okay who do we actually send there we're not going to fly out there from all sorts of different locations with you know eight to ten people no we just pick the ones that we actually need and just try to be as effective as possible for both uh, budget reasons and for climate reasons yeah totally agree this is a question i like to ask currently that we are going through the bear market right now but my question to you is, how does it affect like uh, play-to-earn games, you know, the development and the launches of game during this bear market? Absolutely. I think as a gaming company right now, you can find yourself in, in two situations, basically. A is you've probably raised money before 
the bear market started and you find yourself in a pretty comfortable position with plenty of runway to just develop. Quite frankly, I like to call this season building season and so do many other people in Web3 because this is the perfect moment where building a, I would say, small but concentrated and very engaged community that actually cares about your product. And so you have less eyes on your product and you can focus more on a building, but also collecting feedback from those that actually care about what you're doing without being judged too much, without getting, you know, a whole sentiments check from a broader audience, I would say. So that's for those companies that find themselves in that position, it's, it's a very beneficial situation to be in right now. Because like I said, building a game takes years, like building a proper game. Then there's also companies right now that they've maybe raised a little bit of money to work on an MVP or to just go through early stages and they need to raise more money right now. There, I would say that's more challenging and quite unfortunate for some parties, but there too, there are still venture capitals that are investing in games, uh, in infrastructure, uh, even DeFi, you know, all of the Web3 things you can think of. Just the valuations might need to come down a bit. And I think if we're honest about valuations in Web3, then very often they are a bit blown up anyways, right? And by a bit, I mean a lot. For some of the games that we saw at you know, at the peak valuation, you'd be talking about thousands, if not ten thousands of dollars worth of value, basically per player, if you would calculate the, their market share to value per player. And compare that to more traditional companies, it's just not sustainable. And so I think that has it affected play to earn? And it definitely has. I think if you look at the economies of a lot of play to earn games, you can see that they are completely shattered. The large reason for that is because, like I said initially, you're dealing with an audience in most of the play-to-earn games that are not necessarily fun to play. You're dealing with an audience that is not extracting value. So they are just looking for that quick buck. And then if you think about the characters, the NFTs that you use in the game, if it's not generating enough money for you, then you will find yourself selling them on the marketplace. And where tokens have typically an order book, NFTs don't necessarily have that. It's, it's a different kind of liquidity that you have there. So you find people just undercutting each other very much. Um, that's why, yeah, definitely the bear market has very much affected play to earn gaming. But I do think that if you look at gamers, games are being played in any situation. COVID was a good example. During COVID, you saw just games getting record numbers of active players. And so for the games that are fun to play, which right now is mainly Web2 games, but will also be Web3 games. It, it doesn't affect the acti overall activity, I would say. Nice. So, of course, let us change gear a little bit. So, what are the emerging opportunities that excite you the most right now, you know, with about blockchain, Web3 and play to earn? Yeah, that's a fun question, actually. <laughs> and I think before I answer that, let's... let's just circle back a little bit to our conversation with Microsoft, right? We were talking about a big player becoming a monopoly and us being afraid of that. I think what I love about Web3 is that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. What matters is what you build and what you ship. And I think if I had been in a you know traditional company, I would probably still be in a junior position somewhere. Uh, we can be honest about that, right? Or maybe I would just have you know moved out of that. Whereas now in Web3, I've gotten the opportunity to actually build together with obviously a great amount of people around me, 
with their own skill sets, just been able to create this DAO that is just doing all sorts of things in Web3 and being at the forefront of, of Web3 gaming. And to me, that's probably the most exciting thing in Web3. Then if we think about just Web3 itself, right? For gaming, it's still at its infancy. We've talked about that. We've spoken about the chicken and egg situation of more experienced developers coming in versus where we're at right now. And I think for me, it's just very exciting to focus on basically taking what works in Web2 gaming, which might be free to play, which might be broader content than what you see in the Web3 games right now, taking those things to Web3 gaming with those benefits, like I said, with custodial wallets that do allow you to still do stuff on chain with actual ownership of the games and those basically getting a piece of the pie of the games, combining those different benefits to me are very exciting. And that still is a massive opportunity in blockchain. And then if we go beyond gaming and look at, for example, what are utility of NFTs, right? There is, for example, ticketing. A big problem right now in ticketing is you are buying a fake ticket. I think there's just so many different examples of where blockchain technology still can play a big role that, you know, the examples that I name right now might be completely different from what we're seeing in a few years and might be things that we are not even thinking of right now i think it's just a very exciting position to be in to be among again the forefront of just experiencing those developments because it's almost like you're reinventing the internet and distributing it in a different way absolutely thanks for your vision and your insights about what could be coming down the pipeline there and i think you're absolutely right but it is a question like you know going back 40 years and saying what do you think computers are going to do <laughs> you know you could you could guess you could pick something but there's just no no chance that you're going to get it all right. It's just such a foundational technology that we're, or in a tool that we're witnessing getting put to use. So what's next for Merit Circle now? If people want to learn more, where should they go? You've got a website, you've got Discord as well, and Twitter, and where can they get the latest and get involved? Yeah, so I would say if you're interested in getting the latest, then if it's on a DAO and crypto level, I would say join us on Telegram and Twitter. Uh, at Twitter, I believe it's Merit Circle underscore IO. And on Telegram, it's at Merit Circle. If you're more of a gamer that just wants to get involved and play cool games or test new games, that would be Discord, which is discord.gg slash Merit Circle. What's next for us? A lot is next for us. Uh, we've actually just created a proposal and just put it on the forum for a pretty large investment of, I think, 9 million total in two games that have, you know, they have code names. We, we cannot mention which games there are yet, but we want to basically go for high conviction games with higher ticket sizes rather than just kind of spray and pray at a lot of different companies with smaller tickets, right? So we changed our strategy there. And I would say if that proposal goes through, yeah, that's pretty big for us because there are really large investments and we'll just be much more involved with a party actually building a massive game or massive games because there are two. <laughs> then if we look at the development side of things that too is really exciting uh, we're making great progress with our nft marketplace which like i said is going to be just for gaming assets and it's really about the gamer experience and the developer being able to lay out that gamer experience so you have customizable pages you can really just share what is the game about what are the characters about rather than just seeing a blank page with an nft and a, and a buy now button right so really excited for that to see that being shipped within hopefully the next few months. Uh, we don't have a 
precise timeline out there yet. But yeah, like I said, making great progress on that. And then we also are working on our gaming platform, which you could almost see, and I don't necessarily like the example, but could see it as a Steam with an Academy section as well as a reward section. And basically that will, in my opinion, play a key role in building a community, an actual gamer community, where you as a gamer can find an overview of all the Web3 games there are. Uh, you can get started with them. If you don't want to necessarily immediately swipe your card, you can just use one of our NFTs, right? Similar to the scholarship model. And you can just get fully in-depth guides. You can win early access slots for new games. So I would say that's just going to be a major part of us building an actual gamer community. And these are the main things that we are focused on right now, I'd say. And that's going to take us, I would say, very, very many more months, especially to improve it. But I'm just super excited about shipping those products and just seeing those investments work out well, hopefully. But just to be more involved with, you know, Web2 gaming studios coming into Web3 is, is really exciting. It sounds like it would be a, a critical piece of the puzzle there for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that website too, the MeritCircle.io website, is going to get a complete new jacket soon enough. Like I said, we are gaming down, not necessarily a scholarship guild anymore. And I think, you know, when we started, this website was perfect, but it doesn't quite translate or display what we do today. And so, yeah, I'm very excited about that new website coming live soon as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Marco. Very glad that I got to join today's uh, session. And uh, yeah, if, if anyone has questions, you can always just jump in our community and ask them because there's always people around to answer them. Yeah, other than that, just really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for joining us today. Brilliant. Yeah, excellent. Have a nice day. Me Bye. Too. Bye. Wow, that was definitely a great conversation. It was awesome to chat with Marco and learn more about his background and really his journey to be at the forefront of Web3 and the PDE space right now. So yeah, I don't know about you, Reku, but I really appreciated learning about his perspectives on you know what's happening right now with the market being where it is and where Play to Earn is going in the future. Really appreciated his insights and also appreciated his you know perspective on the climate crisis and the, the passion that it sounds like a lot of his team has around taking action individually and through their organization and as well through our Climate Infinity Partnership. It's just great to have that chat. So what stuck with you? I think it's the unspoken for me. You know, you can really tell that he's really excited about his project and it's it feels to me it's like by gamers for gamers in that sense whereby they themselves are gamers and trying to create a conducive and cooperative environment you know for not just gamers but also developers themselves and they are going to spend nine million on developing two new games you know this says a lot about this platform they're creating whereby you know you know if you have a really good game you have a really good idea you know you know it's there will be the person to go to there will be people to go to you know to pitch your idea and let them be able to bring your idea to fruition so that's something that i i myself as a gamer are really excited about yeah very cool definitely it sounds like uh, merit circle has quite a little war chest there as we were chatting about casually here too and uh, they're ready to kind of work through crypto winter here and uh, be in things for the long haul all right, so thank you everybody for tuning in and just want to send a little reminder for you as well. It would be just incredible if you would like, follow, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. If you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, wherever you are, that would just mean so much. Otherwise, for everything else, Klima, make sure that you're hitting up Klima.finance 
where you're going to be able to stake bond and most importantly i think find that link to our discord community because we're community driven just like this podcast as a dao decentralized autonomous organization so when you join us you're going to find a great group of climates and plenty of opportunities to contribute and be an active climate if you would like to too so we hope you really enjoyed this conversation with marco from merit circle dao and thank you so much for joining us we look forward to saying hello once again on the very next planet of the climates.